remember the first time I was on a plane. It was before I was one. Uh, but I remember when I was a little older in like elementary school and I used to fly a lot, uh, I loved to fly. Uh, and flying was like so cool. I can remember uh, I have two brothers and I used to fly with a bunch of other kids as well. And every time we would go to like, get on the plane, I would be like, we would try to like fight over who got to sit on the window seat because it was like, this was the coolest seat, right? Because flying was so awesome. It was just like this cool experience. Like even if I had done it a bunch of times, it was like, I love to see just like, hey, there's the runway as we move around, especially as like, you know, the takeoff and then like in the air moment, you want, I wanted to see it because it was just so cool to be like, wow, like we're getting in the air. This is so awesome. And then you would like that kind of experience of just feeling like so much cooler because everything's now like little bitty ant sized, you know, like, and you're like, that was a building. And just this whole experience of like, it was so cool to fly. Uh, I just flew to a conference the beginning of the month, and I was really happy I got the aisle seat and not the window seat because <laughs> the extra leg room. I don't think I once looked out the window. Uh, I either like napped or read a book the entire time, and it was still kind of like pleasant. I enjoyed flying, but it wasn't like there was no awe for me there. I was like, yeah, I mean, this is commonplace. I've done this so many times now. You're just kind of flying, you get in the air, and you land, and it's all good. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, man, I've completely like lost the awe and the wonder that I used to have when it came to flying. And today I want us to take a look at how I think in a lot of ways we've lost the awe and the wonder when it comes to worshiping our God. And so we're going to take a look at that. Uh, we are on a series in Ecclesiastes, uh, and as was mentioned earlier, we've been looking at this kind of Hebrew word that is hevel, which really is kind of like meaningless, fleeting, uh, vexation, uh, vapor, this whole kind of idea. And so uh, we're going to be picking it up in uh, Ecclesiastes 5, the first seven verses there. But um, Today we're kind of getting into this look where even his, the tone of the teacher that's, that's writing this book kind of changes a little. It's a little less observational and a little bit more like, you ain't doing this right. <laughs> and what he's actually addressing in these things, as you'll see, is he's actually talking about worship. He's talking about, in a sense, religion. He's talking about how people are approaching uh, their worship to God. And so let's, let's pick it up here. This is uh, Ecclesiastes 5, verse 1. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they are doing evil. Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God, for God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. For a dream comes with much business and a fool's voice with many words. When you vow a vow to God, do not delay paying it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. Let, your mouth, uh, let not your mouth lead you into sin, and do not say before the messenger that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your voice and destroy the work of your hands? For when dreams increase and words grow many, there is vanity. But God is the one you must fear. So 
what's happening here is he's seeing how people are coming to the temple. He's seeing how people are coming to worship God. And he's going, hey, there's things that I see wrong here, right? There's some, there's some things that he's addressing. He's saying, you know, guard your steps. In a sense, what he's saying is be aware of where you are walking into. Like, be alert, right? Be knowledgeable of the fact that you are entering into the presence of God. That's really what he's saying here. And when he's saying it's better to understand this, don't be like the fool who has no idea that he's even doing something wrong. Who's just totally like, ah, whatever, I'm here, without a thought as to whose presence they are entering. And so even though they might offer a sacrifice, they aren't aware of how even in the act of their sacrifice, they are actually being offensive to the one that they might be offering the sacrifice to. And he's just saying, be aware, be alert, guard your steps so that as you approach, you're not sinning. And then he's saying, hey, don't be so quick to speak. Don't rush in with just hasty words, a lot of words where you're just saying things and proclaiming things or asking for things or all of this. Don't be hasty. Don't be rash. Don't say these things because as you're saying these things, you're saying things that are actually getting you into trouble. This is what he says. And then he's saying, hey, when you make a vow. Now, we might think like, I don't make vows to God, right? But really, if you look in the Old Testament, you'll see that actually making vows was something people did kind of regularly. Now, it wasn't something that God mandated, but it was something that people would do. Um, I'm thinking of like Hannah who made a vow and said, oh God, I don't have kids. And if you give me kids, then I'll, if you give me a kid, I'll give that kid back to you, right? There's a vow. There's vows of like a guy who's like, hey, if you um, give me victory, then I'll sacrifice the first thing that walks out of my tent, which happened to be his daughter. Not a good vow. Um, people were doing this, right? They were vowing things. But if you look at the vows, what they were vowing was they're vowing things because they want something. So it's like, oh, okay, I'm bargaining with God. I'm coming into this negotiation of like, oh, okay, hey, here's what I'm going to do. In a sense, they were treating God like a vending machine, right? Like if I put in the right thing, I'm going to get out what I want. So just here's my vow. Here's my, here's my payment and give me what I wanted, whether it was good crops or a kid or victory or whatever. And, but here he's saying, hey, if you vowed something, you better at least do what you said. Otherwise, God might come and, and, and judge you. But he's like, but it probably is better not even to vow. But if you did, don't make excuses. Actually do what you're supposed to do. So, you know, don't vow and don't be hasty with the words that you're using. And he says, this whole thing there is like, because when all these words increase and dreams increase, which dreams was kind of an idea of, of religious things, right? They were like, oh, I have a dream about something. This, this is maybe what God is saying and all these kinds of things. He says, with the words increasing, with the dreams increasing is vanity, which is this word, which is meaninglessness, vapor, fleeting, vexation. Basically what he's saying through this whole couple of verses is how you are approaching God is meaningless. It's empty. It's vapor. What you've been doing, you might as well stop. Because it ain't worship to God. It's pointless. But then he says, God is the one you must fear. 
You would think they like, well, of course, isn't all these things to fear God? But but here's the reality is that it is so easy for religion or our things that we do that we thought were to worship God can actually replace God and then we're doing them just to do them or to do them for various different reasons. And at some point we have stopped actually fearing God, which fearing God, in case you're not familiar, this term of fearing God is really about having awe, reverence, wonder, um, that kind of like, wow, you're so amazing fear. It's not like I'm scared of you. It's a proper understanding of how awesome and big God is and how small we are. I fear you, God, because you're good. So when he says fear here, that's what he's saying. And so when when he's talking here, he's saying what you've been doing is meaningless. But fear God. And today, I just there's a couple of things here that I think we can pull from his critique of these people that would help us understand what are some things that we could do so that we can make sure that as we approach our God to worship, that we're actually fearing God and not just going through the motions. Because I think too often, we're just going through the motions. And we have allowed what we call worship to not be about God. I, I, I got to confess, this, this is even for us who are serving, uh, even all week, this was a longer thing for me to prepare. And I had to get to the place where I started to realize, I got to confess God because so often, even for me as I'm preaching, I'm like, God, I want you to bless my sermon, right? I want, this is for our people, but if I'm really honest, so often it can become easily and very tempting for me for this, even this act of preaching to be about me. That I want this to be good and be powerful and impactful, not because I even care about you coming to know Christ, but because I want to look good. And if I'm not careful... That's all it is. And that's heaven. It's meaningless. It's pointless. That is not me fearing God. And I think there are similar ways for all of us that we can approach even this Sunday service where, as was declared earlier by Melissa, that we are here to experience and encounter God, to declare who He is. And yet I think there are ways that we come here and we've made it our social thing. We've made it so many other things. And so it has become meaningless. So, first thing that I think we see here about how we can make sure that we are entering into a worshipful place and fearing our Lord is when he says, guard your steps. It's this idea of we approach with respect and reverence. In the Old Testament, this was seen all the time. In fact, when people didn't approach God with reverence, they were often killed on the spot. Thankfully, we live in a time when the veil has been ripped in two, that Christ, the Holy Spirit, is in us, and we are able to approach the throne of grace boldly. And yet, are we aware of whose presence we are walking into? Are we aware of whose presence we are approaching and have we come with that knowledge in the forefront of our mind or are we just walking in like, eh, it doesn't, 
There's nobody important here. See, in the past, people used to do this, and even today, some people may be doing this, where, you know, you'd put on your Sunday best, right? Why would you put on your Sunday best? Well, originally the thought was, I'm putting on my Sunday best because I'm trying to look as, like, good for God as I can. I'm dressing up to go into the presence of God. The problem was, very quickly, it became, I'm not dressing up for God, I'm dressing up to impress everyone else in the room. And so we've kind of walked away from that. But there is something in that that I think sometimes we've lacked, where if we just roll in in our pajamas, or we've just thought, it doesn't really matter what I'm doing or where I'm at, because I'm just coming to church and nobody cares, that, that's true, and that's fine. But are we aware of whose presence we're actually coming into? Because if we're aware that we are coming into the presence of the living God who is awesome and majestic and mighty and who is worthy of our worship, then the, way, the manner in which we approach should be respectful, should be re revering and be like, oh, okay, this is, this is God I'm coming to meet. And we should be aware of that and come with reverence and respect. It, it makes me think of, you know, I, I did a lot of driving this weekend. And, you know, you're driving and everybody here obviously is driving like, you know, 15 miles over the speed limit. And everybody's doing that. And I'm not usually doing that. But it's always fascinating. You can tell when everybody slows down. Why? Because all of a sudden somebody sees a cop. And everybody changes, right? You see a cop and everybody's like, now I'm going to go 15 minutes, miles under the speed limit because there's a cop in, on the road, you know? And I want to make sure that the cop doesn't think I'm doing something wrong, so let's all slow way down because there's a cop here. See, God is so much bigger than a cop. He's so much better than a cop. And yet I think in some ways when we come to worship God, nothing changes. There is no manner in which we realize that we are coming into the presence of the creator of the universe, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, royalty. As we enter this place, let's enter as if with the respect, with the reverence, as if we are approaching royalty. And it's not about the outward science. It's about our heart. How is your heart ready? Are you aware with reverence of whose presence you are coming into? The second thing I think we see here is that he says, um, don't be hasty with your words. I think one of the ways that we can try to make sure that we are fearing the Lord is to listen first. See, often we come in to worship God or come into his presence. We are ready to just say things, to do things, to pray, to declare things, to, to say a bunch of things that are on our minds. And yet often we never actually stop to think, maybe God wants to say something to me. Maybe God is going to actually reveal himself to me. And so we come in with just everything we want to do, and we don't stop to listen. And what he's saying here is, that, hey, don't be hasty. Don't be rash with your words. Don't just be quick to speak. Instead, recognize that God is in heaven so much higher than we are. And stop. And listen and wonder, what do you have to say to me, God? See, if we were to stop and listen and come to this place where we are to worship God with the attitude that says, I am here to hear from God first 
and then respond. It would change how we come in, right? I know for me, if I'm coming going, hey, I'm here to hear from God, hey, that changes my expectation. I think a lot of us don't listen first because we honestly don't expect God to speak to us. But here's the reality. God wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to me. He wants to speak to all of us. I believe that every time we come into the presence of God, God has something for us. He has something He wants to reveal to us. And so, if we really want to come in with reverence and awe and reclaim that wonder of who God is, we need to be reminded of what He has for us. We need to hear what He has to say to us. That may be in words that you hear, or maybe in pictures or visions, or it may just be a feeling that you can tell, like, the peace, the joy, the presence of God is here for me right now. But I believe that as we enter the presence of God, that He longs to speak to us. And I think so many of us never hear His voice because we are too quick to speak. We are too quick to sing or to praise or to do anything without ever stopping to hear what He who is in heaven might have to say to us. The problem with this is that I, the more we speak, the more it becomes about us. The more it becomes about our needs. The more it becomes about what's on our minds and our hearts and what we think is what we need to do and the less about who God is. And again, this steals the wonder. Because if you come in kind of already knowing exactly what you're going to do, where's the wonder in that? It's become commonplace. It's just like me on that plane. It's like, ah, I know exactly what's happening, so why bother paying attention? Let's stop and listen first for what he has to say. Let's come in in, a, in an attitude and a spirit that says, God, I believe you want to speak to me. What do you have for me today? And if we honestly believed that he was going to do that, I believe it would change the way we approach this. And I believe he would speak to us and that would bring change in our hearts as we heard our loving, awesome Father speak to us. So we, we approach with reverence. We listen first. And the last thing I want to mention here is mean what you say. He talks about it in the vows, but we're not talking about vows. I'm just saying, mean what, mean what you say, okay? It is way too easy for us to say words and go through the motions without having any meaning behind them. Even in songs. I, I don't know about you, the, the, the human body, what we're capable of doing on like autopilot is amazing to me. Uh, I find myself sometimes singing, and I, can, I know I'm singing. The words are happening but I like get through a whole song and I'm like, what did we just sing? I have no idea. <laughs> because my brain is somewhere else. My brain is thinking about other things, but words are still coming out of my mouth. There's no meaning in that. And so I'm going through the motions that is like, oh yeah, I'm declaring this or I'm saying that. Same thing with prayer sometimes. I could be praying and just like, oh, I'm saying words. These are the words. These are good things to pray. But am I actually meaning what I say? Or am I just going through the motions of doing the things that I think I'm supposed to do? 
But if we truly mean what we say, as we sing these words, as we declare these things, then it changes us. It reminds us, oh no, I'm saying this because I believe it is true. I'm saying this because it is impactful in my life that I remember, oh yes, great is your faithfulness. This actually has meaning. Why? Because I remember that his faithfulness is true. I remember all the things that he has been faithful for in my life. And so as I declare this, as I sing this, as I praise this, it is not simply words. It is experiences and memories and life patterns that I am declaring and praising that it is different. And as I do that, I am drawing into the presence of God and my awe and my wonder of who he is increases because I remember all of who he is. But when we don't mean what we say, instead of the awe and the wonder rising in us and we are fearing God, instead of that happening, we actually fear God less. Because this moment that's supposed to draw us close to his presence is actually something where we know it's about his presence and yet we've made it something else. And so instead of drawing closer and our awe increasing, it decreases because we come just so commonplace and God didn't show up for us. We didn't experience him. And so now it just becomes, eh. But I think part of that is because we didn't mean what we say. Honestly, I would prefer us, if we didn't mean it, that we just wouldn't say it. That if you can't sing, great is your faithfulness. If you're in a place you're going, I don't think you're faithful, God. God doesn't want you just to sit there and say, great is your faithfulness. And in your heart you're going, you ain't faithful. God knows. Instead, if you're there, wrestle with God. Be in a place you're going, I can't say that with any meaning, so I'm not going to do it. I'm going to say, no, I need to wrestle with you, God. Now, there's a difference where there might be a place in our lives where we say, you know what? I do know God is faithful, but I, I'm having trouble believing it. I'm going to say this hoping that, I rem- that the belief starts to increase in my life. But even there, you're saying it with meaning. You're saying, I do believe this is to be true, and I need this declared over my heart right now because I don't really feel it right now. So I'm going to proclaim it over my heart. That's different than just declaring it meaninglessly. I remember once I was a youth leader and there was um, two girls and we were at this big conference and all these people were worshiping and praising God and they they weren't singing at all and actually they had like never sung in our youth group events or anything. And I just talked to them. I was like, hey, what's up guys? And they were just like, I don't get this. What's the point of this? They're like, we're singing songs. Like this song doesn't mean anything to me. And I was like, okay, I, I guess I can understand that. And then I was just trying to talk to him. I was like, okay, this, the reason why great is thy faithfulness means something to me is I'm remembering how God, like, put food on my table when I had no money. I'm remembering how God has always had to put a roof over my head and taking care of my kids and how when we got in an accident, we, nobody got hurt. Like, I'm remembering all these things. And so as I'm singing these songs, all of that is in, the, were in those words. And they were like, Oh, okay, that makes sense. Like, I don't really have that. I was like, that's okay. But where you do have it, you're bringing that to bear. You're meaning what you say. I really believe 
that God wants to meet with us every time we're here. I really believe that he has something to say to each of us. And I believe that we can come and have our awe and wonder and that fear of the Lord increase every Sunday. As we remember who he is, as we declare who he is. But in order for that to happen. We have to come to that place. We have to come expecting and believing that God is here. Even that statement. People are like, oh, yeah, 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 God is here. Do, do we get that? That the creator of the universe has decided to be present with us. This, this should leave us, like, breathless. Just that fact should leave us stunned. And if we're honest with us, even as I'm looking at the room, most of us aren't stunned by that. Most of us are like, yeah, okay, get on with it already. I think it's because if we're honest we haven't been fearing God. We've been pursuing the meaninglessness that is religion. It's time to fear the Lord. It's time to fear our God. It's time to come back to a place where we say this really isn't about me. It's about you. I'm here to be in your presence and declare your glory to hear what you have to say to me. Because I can't do anything else. Because my heart is full. Because you're so awesome. And you're so good. And you're so big. And I want to be here with you. So this is what we're going to do today. I'm going to invite the worship team up. Is um, They're going to play like an instrumental. There's going to be no words for like five minutes, which is going to feel like a long time for a lot of you. That's okay. But this is what we're going to do during this time, okay? I would like us, for those who are feeling ready, to respond to the Lord in this moment. See, some of us just need to repent. Some of us just need to acknowledge that what we've been pursuing was not God. That what we were pursuing was meaningless religion and that it has been about us, how we've looked, our status, or whatever other reasons you can fit in there. And some of us just need to repent and say, God, I am sorry that I have stopped fearing you and I have pursued religion. 
and I acknowledge that it's meaningless today. Some of us just, you need to do that. And you can do that where you're at. But I also want to invite you when we open this time in a moment that you can come to the front and you can do that. Sometimes we just need to do that. Sometimes we need to actually, it's part of that coming in reverence before the Lord. Sometimes it's that act of kneeling before God. It's that act of coming where maybe we're not comfortable. Maybe this doesn't look good for us, but we're humbling ourselves saying, I will come and lay myself down at your feet because you, O oh God, are worth it. And I need to make an act of repentance. Some of us need to do that. We need to come and repent before our God that we have not feared Him. We have not even tried to fear Him. And we've been okay with that. Some of us need to repent of that. Others of us in this room, you don't believe that God has something for you. You just need to sit and invite God's presence and say, God, I will dare to believe that you want to speak to me right now. Would you do that? And you need to take five minutes where just calm music is playing and just say, God, would you speak to me? I want to believe that you have. What do you have for me? And you just need to sit there and bask in his presence. And once again, the front will be open if you want to come and just say, I'm here to meet with you, to hear from you. I want to hear you because I believe that I am here for you and you have something to say to me. Some of us need to do that. And others just need to start saying to God the truth of who He is. But you need to mean it for the first time. Maybe the first time in a long time. Maybe the first time ever. I don't know where you're at. But you know what God is stirring in you right now. And here's what I'm saying to you is whether you're coming up front or whether you're there Here's the reality. This is the moment. This is what we're here for. We are here to encounter our living God who is so awesome, so majestic, so mighty, and He has something for you. And if you don't respond to Him and how He's calling you to respond, then what you are pursuing is meaningless religion. This isn't about anybody else in this room right now. What is God revealing to you? How is God asking you to respond? So I'm just going to open this time in prayer and then there's going to be an instrumental for like five minutes. It's going to be a while because we want to give you time to respond to God and then we will move on to a time of communion. So God, I just ask. Oh, first God, we just thank you. I thank you that you are a good God. I thank you that you are a loving God. I thank you that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. And I thank you and I praise you that you have decided to be with us, that you have decided to meet with us. And God, we are so sorry that so often we have come here for all these other reasons. We have not come to meet with you. We have come with no expectation or no reverence and no fear of you. And we leave the same as we came, wondering what was that? But God, I just ask in this room today, would you reveal to each of us what you need us to do? How you need us to respond? Would you give us the courage to respond as you desire? And so I invite you now to respond in this, in this five minutes. If you would like, if you feel like God is putting on your heart, you need prayer right now because you don't have the words. I'll be down here for the next five minutes if you would like prayer. But as the music plays, let's respond to God in the ways that he is calling you to respond.